brought to you by Dubois Productions. Hello and welcome back to NO and JB Sports Pedigree. We are back to provide insight on a wide variety of sports topics from NFL football to Major League Baseball, NBA hoops to college hoops and anywhere in between. Our goal is to bring you some new topics and shed some light on some info that maybe you weren't aware of and have a lot of fun while we do it. But maybe more importantly, we want you to have fun right along with us. So let's not waste any more time. Let's dig in. I'm JB. And I am. You know, the guy who is excited about these NFL playoffs kicking off. Even oh, though my team yes, sir. is not a part of it this year and wasn't last year and hasn't been for a few years. But hey, we still <laughs> love the game at a level Man, where we I can, can relate. find a team can, to root for regardless. Yeah, I can certainly relate as a Bengals fan. So 19, the 90s were non-existent. So I get you. Weren't but hopefully it won't last too much longer. Weren't the 2000s and 2010s too? Hey, man. Now come Y'all on, made man. it one or yeah. two, once yeah. or twice. No, five in a row. Andy oh. Dalton got them boys, 20, I believe, 04 to 09, something like that. Now, that doesn't mean we won a game or anything. But Andy, we Andy were Dalton? You, yeah. You sure? Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Five in a row. Him and, him and Marvin. There you go. Speaking of five, oh, uh, we have a segment that uh, we enjoy doing called our top five segment where another we, one yeah touch on different sports and list uh you know as we've been doing top five players and we're sw- shifting gears and switching sports here this week to the nba um it is mid-season now and there's some guys that are balling out but we're gonna talk about this week our top five current point guards jb i couldn't do it i got a confession to make i couldn't do Uh-oh. it oh uh oh. What you got? Well, it was not in my realm of acceptance to stop at top five. Oh, okay. These top six that I have <laughs> had to do six. All complement, all lead their teams, type A personality style, and every one of them has also improved in the area of, I guess, mm. what I consider accepting when someone else needs to have the ball in their hands. They all know how to pack up. Uh, play off the ball excuse me hmm. and conversely there's certain things that i rarely see from these six so from a negative standpoint things i don't see stat hunting being selfish not getting their teammates involved early being vocal finally when we talk about the top point guards in the nba jb Gone are the days when point guards barely average double digits in scoring. Mm, These guys all know when to take over, and they have the tools to do so. Oh, yeah. So without further ado, JB, I'm going to kick it off as I generally do with these top fives. I'm going to give you my top six. No particular order. You can put them in whatever order you feel like they're in. But as I always say, when the book is not closed and the story has not been finalized, we can't do it in that manner. Yeah, we're, we're not sitting here saying this is where they're going to end up That's right. all time. Like These this is just the top guys. Are the right current now. top six in the NBA? I'm going to start off with Kyrie Irving. Mm. Unreal shot creator. And his clutch play led the Cavs to a title. And for that reason, I couldn't leave him off the list. Winning definitely matters. Drew Holiday. He's giving you nearly 20 a game, seven assists, five rebounds, and he's a lockdown defender. We saw how quickly the Milwaukee Bucks became a true championship contender upon his arrival. How quickly they did. Dame Lillard, he's back, he's healthy finally, and he's the closest thing there is to Steph in terms of pure shooting ability. His three-point percentage is a bit low right now at 35%, but that's because of his high volume, you know, feeling like he needs to get up a lot. Not feeling like he has to take a lot of shots for his team. He's also averaging 28 and 7. That's mm-hmm. 7 assists, by the way. So he gets it done on both ends of the court. What a lot of people don't realize about Dame is that he, unlike Steph, he can finish above the rim when he attacks on a regular basis. It's very true. Next, we got Ja Morant. Ja, 27, Talk, talk about finishing above the and rim. And six. That dude right there, he will finish above the rim against anybody. He nearly shoots 47% too, which is one of my favorite mm. stats that he has. And it's because obviously he gets so many buckets around the rim. When the most 
in, you know, he won the most NBA, NBA most improved player award last season. Excuse me. So that was year two. And this guy's just improving more and more each year. We may see an MVP out of him in the near future. Two more. And I think y'all, everybody in the world has to know that these last two dudes are on the list. Luka Doncic, he's been nearly averaging a triple-double really the last four seasons. Every year except his first year. And he was not too far off in that year. Heavy on the isolation ball and not a great defender. But what he does for his team, the Dallas Mavericks, it got him on this list. You know, they're mm -hmm. a perennial playoff contender, not a championship contender, but they're a perennial playoff contender because of him and their style of play. It'll mm. lose to him getting the stats. But what he does game in, game out, especially when you know he's going to get the ball late. I watched him the other night against the Lakers in big shot after big shot. Um, and Luka Doncic, man, crazy. And obviously, <clears throat> Steph is Steph. Two-time MVP, NBA Finals MVP, and that's the stat that everybody kept saying. Oh, he's never been an NBA Finals MVP. Really trying to find a way to make him not excellent. Well, y'all can be quiet on that one now. Four-time NBA champion, eight-time All-Star, two-time NBA scoring champ. And most impressive is that he is the all-time leader in three-point shots made. At last count, I thought it was 3,253 but it's at a 43% clip. Hmm. That's insane to me. Like, I can't even fathom that, right? When he steps across half court, he's in range and all the attributes that he have play a part in his greatness. Ball handling, footwork, IQ, they allow him to get off any shot possible, not being the most athletic. We've talked about Steph many times on this podcast. So JB, without further ado, I'm gonna let you chime in on your top five <clears throat> current NBA point guards. Yes, sir. That's an excellent list. And what what's interesting to note <clears throat> is, you know, I'm one to take a look at uh, the size of players and I jot those down. And everybody that you named, with the exception of Luca, is 6'2". Goodness gracious. Yeah, like Steph, 6'2". And Steph and Ja are almost the same weight. Dame's a little bit heavier. Um, I actually didn't have Holiday listed, but Kyrie's right around there, too. <clears throat> so... Excellent list. Um, and I'm just going to preface, you know, as Inno said, for me, the point guards, um, point guards are the leader, the floor general. Gotta be. Um, and they're the main ball handlers. Yeah. You know, uh, nowadays you have to be, I think, a little bit more willing to accept uh, other roles on teams, especially if you want to get to a championship because you have to be able to share some of that limelight with uh number two number three you know scores at a, a lot of cases where they yep. might need the ball in their hands too yep um and uh again this may be the one time you know you know may maybe get mad at me here for this segment so let's just see um i also have i actually have four of the same that you do uh dame lillard averaging 27 and 7 back and you can tell uh his team's on the verge of playoff contention as we kind of hit the midway point you know, and I just like the fact that uh, um, he's consistent. You know exactly what you're going to get from him year in, year out. He's not afraid to take the big shot, um, and he's a big game player. Luca, of course, the only guy that you had on your list that's not 6'2", 6'8", um, listed at 230, and he's probably more than that. Um, a bit of a uh, liability defensively. But on the offensive side of the ball, averaging 34-9-9 and this year, um, you, just, you, you know, you can't leave him off the list. He's already in the MVP conversation in, what, his fifth year, fourth year. John Morant, again, electric player, <clears throat> averaging 27 points, 8 assists in only his third year, leading his team, which is currently, I think, tied for the, tied for the top spot. Um, in the Western Conference, Steph Curry, of course, we see what he means to his team more than anything when he's not on the floor um, as well because they've been struggling, um, like three road wins without him, and uh, just so skilled. It's like as he ages, and you see this a lot with the all-time great players, I think, as he ages, he may start to lose a little bit. Um, 
but his skill and IQ just continue to increase. Um, you know, I don't see him slowing down. In fact, I mean, he's averaging more. His his points, assists, rebound totals are higher, and I think he's worked to get stronger. Uh, he's become a serviceable, solid defender in his career, whereas he was a liability early on. And um, yeah, I mean, Steph is anytime he steps on the floor, as you said, can knock down a shot. And of course, the last guy I have on my list who most people wouldn't mention is a point guard is LeBron James. Um, I think he's a point guard. He may not be on the roster listed as a point guard, but he's always got the ball in his hands. He's a leader of his team. His team has played better as of late. Uh, he's still a freight train, big, uh, pretty much unguardable when he gets going, averaging 29, 8, and 7. And... Um, yeah, I mean, we look at a lot of different stats to category, categorize people as different positions. Uh, or, and, and assists is obviously something that you typically would tie to the point guard position. Um, he's led the league in assists before. Um, and again, that's just my opinion. Everybody else can yell and argue at me if you want. But that's my top five. Kyrie would be my six um, if I was going with the six just because of not only his historical prominence, but the way that he's been playing this year and uh, the way that he's got his team. He's hes really the leader of that team, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, in my opinion. So that's what I got. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to just put it like this. The Lakers got Dennis Schroeder and Russell Westbrook, and, and mm-hmm. they handle the primary portion of the ball handling duties and get the team going. LeBron's going to have it in his hands when he wants it in his hands, but... You got Russell Westbrook on your team and Dennis Schroeder. They're your point yeah. guards. They're your point guards. So. I mean, that's a valid point because if in, in saying LeBron's a point guard, I mean, I guess I could even go so far as to say Giannis is a point guard at times too. So, Good. yeah, definitely you know, could say that. That's my, uh, that's just my weird I get uh, most of things. Most of LeBron's career, he's played at, or you could more so consider him a point guard than. I would say these last couple years, just based off the makeup and mm-hmm. the personnel on given teams, the early Cleveland teams. Uh, well, I, and Miami. I had to stick to my guns. You know, when we did our all-time top five list, I had him listed as a point guard. So I'm not gonna not gonna waffle on it now. So, <laughs> and well, and you know, hey, you know what? Um, there's about three, four other guys that we didn't list that I really had a tough time. Your boy. Your boy Halliburton is having one heck of a year. Um, yeah. A lot of other think, players could have been on yeah, this list, man. Darius you know, Garland. But I'm going to be honest. This list, in my opinion, it wasn't as tough as other lists. I think Mm-mm. some of these guys in the 7, 8, 9, 10, I think they're missing key personality traits or skill mm-hmm. sets that keep them off the list. Maybe not as great at what they do as some of these guys on the list, like Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday may not be as offensively talented as some of these other players, but he's at I terms of two-way terms of two-way play. No way I could keep him off. Mm. Most a lot of people wouldn't have Kyrie on their list, but Kyrie, he's a champion, <laughs> a champ, well, a... and he hit big shots in the NBA Finals to beat the Golden State Warriors. He outplayed he's a Steph. Defender. He's at a better times. defender yeah. than people give him he credit. Is. for. He too. outplayed Steph at times during that series a lot. Can't keep him off the list. It's Kyrie. But we, be, we could chat about that. It. Y'all chime in. You know, when we yeah. put this on Twitter, Instagram, let us know how y'all feel about it and the differences that y'all would make in y'all decisions. But we're going to mm-hmm. move on to the segment that is, is getting a lot of buzz on Yeah, a little TikTok, controversial. A rule that would change everything. In this oh, segment yeah. of the podcast, NONJB Sports Pedigree, we highlight a rule in a given sport that we've created any rule and how that rule hypothetically speaking would change the complete complexion of the game mm-hmm. the game would have to be played differently the style of play the x's and o's the schematics it would change everything about that sport now are we advocating that these rules be put in place no we're just trying to get y'all to think outside of the box 
and not be so caught up in the 1920s, 1930s. We got to do it the way we've always done it type of thinking. Mm-hmm. That being said, JB, I got a lighter one today, I believe. I don't. Okay. We'll see. It may cause a lot of stir. <laughs> but defensive three second in the lane has always been a focal point of the NBA game. Hmm. You know, it kind of emphasizes defenders. More specifically, the big man, the rim protector, not parking himself in a lane as we see in college basketball, right? NBA is primarily a man-to-man defensive game, although you can play zone, right? But if it would, what if it wasn't? What if zone defenses or any lane parking defense was allowed in the NBA? Hmm. I guess a 2-3 zone might be useful against a few non-shooting teams, but the emphasis on taking away shots around the basket will probably have to have the opposite effect, right? Run a 2-3 zone against Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole, <laughs> or Dame and Anthony Simons, or mm. even Ty Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Andrew Nimhar. Now, it's possible that a matchup zone like a 1-3-1 or the Amoeba defense might cause some problems. We might see a box and <laughs> one on occasion if a team had one of their top heavy stars on a bench with an injury. For instance, you're playing against the Brooklyn Nets right now and you want to do a box and one against Kyrie, but you probably still had the same problems with the shooting. Got guys like Joe Harris, one of the top three-point shooters in the NBA. That being said, JB, the biggest change I think we would see if zones were allowed, you were allowed to park your big man in the lane, is less isolation basketball from offenses. Hmm. Teams wouldn't be able to just give the ball to somebody and bam, you're going to go pick and roll action. And teams would also be able to somewhat hide bad defenders but more than anything the ball movement would go to a whole nother level so that's the biggest difference i think we'd see if this rule was changed and zone defenses were allowed in the nba everybody would be like the 2009 san antonio not 2009 2005 2007 san antonio spurs wow that's interesting that you mentioned that team too my buddy of mine just sent me some old videos of the uh the old alamo dome the cavernous uh arena that that was yeah they just had a 60 something thousand yeah capacity game in the alamo dome the other day against the warriors i think you you might have to pay me to go to that game to have seats like that to where i mean you literally need binoculars just to see the court and speaking of which i'm gonna stick with the nba okay but i'm actually gonna take it off the court And I'm going to talk about ticket prices for NBA games and a rule that needs to be put in place. And I am going to advocate for this. So I get it. Los Angeles, different market than Indianapolis, right? Naturally, inflation, cost of living, everything else is more expensive in California, Los Angeles. So, of course, ticket prices for an NBA game, I would... I would certainly expect to be significantly higher to go to that game there than to go to a game in Indiana. However, what I shouldn't expect and what I shouldn't have to deal with is, for instance, the Atlanta Hawks having a $20 ticket to watch a game versus Charlotte. And then when the Lakers come to town, that same, very same ticket being $100. That, my friends, is, in my opinion, that is extorting the public. It is. Uh, And, you know, I think what it also does is it prices out a lot of young fans. And that's so unfortunate. Now, I get it if somebody... If I was advocate, it's capitalism. What you got to say about that? What you got to say about that one, JB? It's (laughs) capitalism. Well, you know, if it's my season ticket and I opt to sell it, then that's one thing. Yep. But, I mean, there has to be a limit. The reason that I argue against that capitalism is who's benefiting from that capitalist mentality? Just like everything else in our society... There's a very, very minute, small amount of people that actually benefit from it. It's the owners. Dudes are already billionaires. So you're telling me you want to argue that the owners should be able to continue to extort the public to fatten their pockets. And just because a certain team is playing over another team, we have to pay more to see them. No, give me a break with that. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. The NBA needs to set some precedent there. Again, 
I I totally understand. You got to pay to sit closer to the to the to the uh, floor. Of course, those tickets are higher. You're gonna pay to go see a game in Los Angeles versus uh, Charlotte. Of course, those tickets are gonna be higher. But they should be at least some standards and uh, some leeway, less leeway with how much the pricing can change based on who the opponent is. I just think that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I completely agree, JB, and that's an excellent point made. A lot of excellent points made, but the subject matter is great because it definitely needs to be regulated a lot more than it is, and I don't know who would do that, the states, the NBA, but it's all about greed. That's what it (laughs) all comes down to. Oh, yeah. You know, you know LeBron James is coming into town. You can hike up the ticket prices on uh, the websites up, and, and get paid. So, And you got to feel like that turns a lot of fans off, you know, just from even wanting to try to go to games. I mean, for me, to, to be honest, for the longest time, because I didn't expect that I could even afford to go. Not to mention so, all, yeah. the, all the extra fees you got to pay on StubHub for a ticket. Not to mention all that either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Tickets cost forty dollars, but the total comes out to be seventy. What? <laughs> right. What am I paying for? <laughs> for some dude to get rich, just like everything else. Hey, let's change well, it up, JB. I, yeah, before I get stuck on talking about that all day, um, personal segments. Go ahead, you kick it off today. My, all right, I'll kick it off. My personal segment today. Uh, <clears throat> I've just got an inspiring athlete that I just want to shed light on. You know, again, we're always. <clears throat> the media and us as a society just in general not not maybe you individually or me but there's been times we go through and we often we dehumanize athletes we, you know um, I think the Damar Hamlin situation really kind of hit home for a lot of people like these are people um, you know they're living they're not just out there for our entertainment right well more often than not, we only hear the bad, the negative stories in the media when people do things wrong. And so I like to take time sometimes here and there to shed some light on some positivity. And one guy that I've always admired for just his down to earthness, if that's a phrase, and just um, how humble he is as an athlete is Sadio Mane, um, professional soccer player now with Bayern Munich. Um, you know, and just to. I guess as an example, not that uh, there's anything wrong with having nice things, but this is the guy that a few years ago was seen walking around like he's got his cell phone out, you know, talking to somebody before the game and it's like all beat up and jacked up and got cracks on it. And I'm thinking like, dude, get, get a new phone. Like you're a millionaire, right? But I don't think that's how this guy thinks. I think he's always about everybody else. Um, and that's just how he lives his life so I'm not sure when this took place fairly recently I think um, but the village that he is from originally in Senegal um, is about 2,000 people in his village and uh, to help them out he's built a 455,000 euro hospital um, half a million dollar school um, nearby he gives every family in the village 70 euros a month, provides internet for all them, and is currently building a fuel station and a post office uh, for these people. So again, just an example of somebody who's giving back, doesn't forget where they came from, um, just a humble dude, a great player that isn't just about himself. And I always think it's nice to, nice when we see that. I love you, JB. Sadio Mane, one of the great names. Yeah, great name as well. In the soccer world (laughs) and a a great player and also a great uh, person too. A guy who obviously has stepped into his passion and his purpose. And what my personal Mm -hmm. segment is about today is connecting two words and two concepts that we've talked about in the past. And it's very Mm. short. JB and I have discussed y'all. Here on NONJB Sports Pedigree, passion and purpose. But it's most often been separately. Well, Mm. the two concepts are very much connected and sometimes, I guess you could say misinterpreted. I'm here to explain it a little bit more specifically in very few words. 
You choose your passion, but your purpose chooses you. Now, this wow. has been difficult for me to understand. But I'm learning that it's really up to us individually to embrace both passion and purpose. But in the case of purpose, this is where your soul is at stake. Mm-hmm. Because it's what you give back to the world. It's the way you pay it forward on a day-to-day basis. Because you understand that grace is how you got to where you are. Not pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Didn't do it by yourself. Mm -mm. Grace got you there. Which means it came from others. And which means it came from above. Yes, sir. That's how you know it's your purpose. Well, you know. (laughs) Sometimes you got to clarify, you know. Talked a lot about passion, but I thought that was very, very important to be able to distinguish the two and and, and how they're interconnected. So there you go. Yep, very well said. Hope y'all take something from that. What do we got? What do we got next? Apply it to your lives. Applying statistical data in our lives and in Mm. sports is a big deal too that's why not all valuable stats are glaring in in your face sometimes you gotta kind of peer around the edges and really look for what's important you know the the analytic Mm -hmm. data sometimes that makes one team win and another team be semi-successful and you're just wondering what makes that team so good but what makes this stat so sneaky is that it can't really be quantified so it's probably not even considered a stat by most actually i know for sure that most people wouldn't even consider this a stat jb Mm, okay but it's chess out here it's not checkers so (laughs) That's one of my favorite phrases, y'all. So I, I know how valuable it is in every sport. JB, you wondering what I'm talking about still, ain't you? I, man, I am. It's chemistry. Okay. No, I'm not referring technically to the periodic table of elements. I'm talking about those positive interpersonal relationships that winning teams possess. Unselfishness. Willing to sacrifice your body for your brother. And knowing that he will do the same for you. True chemistry at times is unexplainable. The way Draymond Green knows where Steph Curry is on offense. The old Peyton Manning to Marvin Harrison connection. Mm. Steve Nash running pick and roll with Amari Stoudemire. Shaq and Kobe. Bringing a, you know, a 6-4-3 double play. The dudes in pickup ball who can adjust to any teammate and not get frustrated, but also can make that player better. No numbers come along with chemistry, which is why most people don't view it as a stat, but I do. I recognized it ever since I was a kid watching sports, playing sports. What made that team better than us? Was it because they played together for eight years and we only been playing together for one or two years? can't quantify that Mm -mm. but it is a stat and it is valuable just a true connection that's underrated and requires trust chemistry sneaky important stat of the day that's good stuff man well uh outside the box you know i always love that uh my sneaky and sport important stat is it's a fairly simple one but i want to preface it first um we often in fact today's show episode we did a a top five and we do that a lot here and previously we you know we'll do top five lists of the greatest all time but i want to say that generally i feel like when athletes when being compared should really be compared in their own era because it's really difficult to quantify the differences in the types of athletes we have nowadays in the NBA versus what we had in the 50s and 60s, right? Everybody can see that. And that is no more evident in any sport than the sport of baseball. 
And the reason I bring all this up is uh, just recently was in a discussion comparing some old-time players and how they would fare uh, in today's game. And the stat that I want to bring about to kind of support my argument and shed some light on the situation is the average miles per hour of a fastball, okay? It's an important stat if you want to play Major League Baseball. I mean, there's not many more important. In 2022, the average mile per hour fastball from any pitcher, take them all, combine every pitch thrown the entire year, is 93.9 miles an hour. So we're just going to say 94 miles an hour. Okay. That's not one dude on every staff throwing mid-90s like you had in the early 2000s or in the you know late 1990s. That's not just the closer hitting the upper 90s. This is every guy on every team consistently throwing in the mid-90s. In fact, you don't even get scouted nowadays unless you're topping 90. That Take that number and go back 15 years where the average was just roughly 91 miles an hour. So a three-mile-an-hour difference in the average velocity over three years. And we all know that prior to the early 2000s, it's, it's grown exponentially, like even faster than it ever has in historically. But even taking the 15-year span and three-mile-an-hour difference and extrapolating it back to when, oh, let's say Babe Ruth played, you would be looking at even, even giving an extra few miles an hour, the average pitcher is likely throwing about 80 miles an hour. Say all you want about the differences of the players back then and what they would have done differently had they played now or come up now. I don't want to hear any of that. If you want to say mm. that Babe Ruth is the greatest player of his era yes, yes. comparatively to the yes. other people playing, I can make an argument for that. But just based simply on the average miles an hour of the farmers and truck drivers that he was facing that were pitching to him, there is no way he could hit in today's game. It's not even, he wouldn't get drafted if he was to come out right now. And for you, if for somebody's going to argue to me that a guy whose diet seemed to consist of donuts and beer, that he would have been working extra hard on his physique and, and working out and lifting. I mean, I don't know if I'm buying that. So, Long story short, the average miles per hour of a pitcher makes a difference. And you may have had guys here and there throughout history that were freaks of nature that were throwing in the 90s, but it's highly likely. If you watch any film, it looks like me and N.O. could probably throw harder than most of the guys pitching back then. So don't come at me with Babe Ruth is the greatest hitter of all time like Ted Williams who only played a couple of decades later faced much harder uh, tougher competition and not only that he faced the entire population and not just one segregated group so my sneaky important stat is average miles per hour on the fastball there you go you know a lot of people's when they chime in to combat what you're saying they'll say oh but the guys who play now they would not be as athletic if they played back then listen I don't think y'all understand we're talking about work ethic we're talking about physical health we're talking about the way people carry themselves among a couple other things and you have to take that into account Especially if you're having the arguments of putting different players in different generations and kind of trying to figure out how they would fare in a different generation. Give them their same personality. right? Don't try to change their personality. Give them their same work ethic. You got to keep something the same, switching these players into different eras. And, you know, if you don't do that, then you can really make any argument that you want to make to try to any argument so 
and, and I that's why I say gen- generally I like you know normal context. I like boxing guys into their own area and comparing. Now we yeah. don't do on the show just for fun and to conversate. Of course, when we look at top five lists, we're looking at everybody, and we it's fun to have those conversations. But if we're being real, you know, it's it, it's just it's like you said when it comes to basketball. You know, you can't really compare. Um, even the greatest, one of the greatest, like Bill Russell, like I, I just don't know how he would fare in today's game with his skill set. So, well, that's you, all. You really have to take into account, like if you don't take anything else into account, how could you not take into account the quality of competition? Right. Seriously, exactly. Like, how could you not take that into account? The athletes of today in every sport bigger stronger faster there's more of them you're playing against dudes who their whole life revolves around that sport they're spending millions a year millions a year mm-hmm. just personal help. training yep you know for nutritionists making sure their body is where they need to be we got guys who are living lives where they're not drinking alcohol they're not smoking they drinking water and tea and they're eating come on man got to take that into account Yes, sir. So somehow that sneaky important stat segment turned into uh, something else this time around, but that's okay. <laughs> and it's and it's fine that it does turn into something else, but folks just make, gotta make sure they bring in a logical argument to the table when they arguing. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate that most don't, you know. And you can you can just look at our politics and politicians to uh, see that. Oh man. And I digress. Uh, yeah, let's, let's move on. Yeah, let's let's kick it over to I mean, I don't I can't even say maybe at this point the best the best sports podcast show segment out there and that's NO and JB Sports Dichotomy segment. What goes down in that segment, JB? We we just going to go back and forth a little bit of rapid fire with some yes and no statements and uh you can play right along. Let us know what you think, all right? Let's do it. All right, I'll kick it off. Uh, all right, Dino. Uh, Purdue losing a basketball game at this point in the season is actually a good thing. Um, I, I usually would say yes, but the way they lost that game, no, nah, I'm going to say no. Mm. The general media vibe is that Lamar Jackson should play hurt against the Bengals. Ooh. This, is, dis- seems, yeah. this is disrespectful to any athlete, especially a QB. Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's sad he had to actually come out and make a statement about it. Anyway. Uh, only Sean only Pay- black QBs got to mm. deal with that nonsense. Yes, only black QBs. Sean Payton being hired as the Colts head coach would make Eno's month. Make my 2023. That's <laughs> my month. You're right. The Indiana Hoosiers were picked to win the Big Ten title in men's basketball jb was aware that they are in last place right now wow wow no i wasn't no good you know now yeah good place to drop some shade i like it uh it makes sense that the nfl proposed a potential coin flip for the cincinnati bengals ravens game depending on that out outcome but did not have any discussion regarding a potential bengals bills matchup in the playoffs yeah, I mean, if that was the case, that doesn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. Shea Gilgis-Alexander of the Oklahoma City Thunder will end up averaging 30 points a game, which he averages right now. Did you know that? Yeah, I, I think so. It's crazy. The way he's playing. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Okay. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds actually made a smart move by letting Moose go. Smart? It's one of the best moves that... <laughs> I like Mike Musta. I gotta chime in real here, right quick here. Yeah, I liked him as a. He seemed like a nice guy, a good leader. Oh, of course. But he couldn't hit a lick playing for the Reds. I don't know what happened. I don't know either, man. He couldn't hit a lick. Yeah, he was. He was definitely. But anyways, okay. (laughs) On a baseball note, Andrew McCutcheon returned to the Pirates. This now means that they are playoff contenders. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, no, thanks. Oh, man, I had to throw that funny one in there. What you got, man? The Texas Longhorns did the right thing in letting Chris Beard go recently. Yeah. Domestic abuse? Yeah, he's tripping. 
JB would rather watch high school basketball in Indiana over high school football in Ohio. Hmm. Tough one there, huh? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Okay. Inno is impressed by the Big 12's 84% non-conference winning percentage this year and thinks they may just get 10 teams into the dance. Man. No? The Big 12? <laughs> yeah, right. No. College coaches are actually better than professional coaches when it comes to X's and O's. Um, I mean that's very wow. I'll just say, <laughs> gosh, I'll say no. Okay, <laughs> that's very broad. Um, Minnesota Twins signed Carlos Correa for six years, $200 million, thus making them the favorites to win the AL Central next year. Nah. Nope. Wendian's going to get it done somehow. Christian Pulisic will be a top five player in the world when the 2026 World Cup arrives. Jeez. I mean, I'd love to think so. I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm going to go that far. Um... Steve Kine and Cliff Kingsbury being gone from the Arizona Cardinals is a huge surprise. Yeah, is uh, is the QB next? <laughs> nah, <laughs> I, well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's a surprise. I don't know why they hired him in the first. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. That ain't my business. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum is a top three duo in the NBA. No. I don't give a bleep if Aaron Rodgers comes back next season. Was former NFL player Marcus Spears' response when asked about it? And Inno agrees 100% with this. Yeah. Seems like he just <laughs> wants attention at this point. Just seeking out attention. All right. JB would take Babe Ruth over Barry Bonds. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I feel like you just threw that one in there. No way in Hades. No No no, way. I don't care what none of y'all say. Oh, man. Georgia demolishing TCU in the national championship game was a big surprise. Wow. No. But here's my my last one. Uh I actually got two left. My bad. What Georgia did to TCU should have been against the law. Yeah, pro- probably. Yeah, it's <laughs> so disrespectful. Oh Lord! All right, this is a long one. If I can spit it out here, let's go. <clears throat> it is reasonable to say that in DJ Reader, Trey Hendrickson, Logan Wilson, or Jermaine Pratt, Mike Hilton, and Jesse Bates, that the Cincinnati Bengals have a top ten player at every position and level of their defense, which questions why they are still underrated by many. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. They're a really good team. There you go. My final question, JB. Greg Popovich should be considered a better coach than Phil Jackson in terms of doing more with less. I would say so. Yeah. Okay. You know, we haven't done any, like, really rankings of coaches or anything. Uh-huh. We should get into that at some point. Uh, okay. My last one. And I know that this uh, will air after the fact, but of all of the wild card weekend NFL games, Inno is most excited to see the 49ers and Seahawks game. Yeah, a lot of people don't know. I love watching the 49ers play. Well, hmm. if you pay attention to Inno and JB Sports Pedigree, yeah, you would know. You would know. Yeah. And there it is. Another it exciting is. edition of Sports Dichotomy, the best segment in sports and we will dive right into JB's Just Those. We Uh-oh. had no nose last week, but we popping it back over. JB Justification. Where I will ask JB a personal question, and then we're going to jump into the big one, where we're going to put a minute. We just might as well start putting a minute and a half on the clock. I know, right? Yeah. Go way over a minute every time, and I'm going to let mm-hmm. JB chime in and give his take on a current event sports scenario situation where he gets to decide which side he wants to take but first jb Mm. we talked about purpose a little bit earlier in the podcast jb's purpose as a father what does that mean to him 
Mm. Man, that's a that's great question. I don't know why I just spoke yeah. in third person like I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> well, I mean, what does that mean to that guy? It's various. <laughs> it varies, to be honest, um, in different seasons. You know, hmm. I have teenagers who are also boys. So my purpose now at this point in their lives is really to, to try to embrace what they're going through, um, which I could do a lot better job of, to be honest, <clears throat> but to really prepare them for the world, to what it's like to be on their own, to be a man, um, to take ownership and responsibility of not only their actions, their results, mm. their relationships, how they talk to people, all of that. Um, and I say that, you know, it, it, it changes in seasons because I also have an infant, you know, who's mm. a, a, a girl. So at this season, it's about for her, it's just about showing love and affection and um, just helping her to open her eyes and learn, you know, and just take everything in. It's more more teaching, you know, as they get older, you have to you have to pull back, you know, and you have to allow for freedoms and you set boundaries and hope you just hope that you instill um instill the right values the biggest thing though just kind of overarching as a parent is to help them to cultivate a relationship with god um and help to create that when they're young so that they have that foundation and you put your trust and faith in that and um you pray that you know the lord watches over and takes care of them and you just kind of guide them, help kind of direct them on their path along the way. And hopefully they listen more often than not. They don't listen, but <laughs> as humans, we just feel like we have to learn things on our own. You Love know? it, man. They might not listen in a moment, but if you instilled it in them the right way, they will come back to it. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff, JB. Alrighty. The big one. Hmm. I'm scared. I'm JB will justify now. this upcoming scenario. Jim Harbaugh in the Michigan football team <laughs> program received a notice for level one and also some level two football allegations for providing false or misleading information and impermissible contact with players, recruits. Once again, allegations. JB is going to justify why or why it isn't dangerous for the media to cover these rumors and also <laughs> Whether we should tread more with a guilty until proven innocent mindset or an innocent until proven guilty type of mindset, not only with Jim Harbaugh, but in these when coaches, you know, are accused of these type of things in general. How should we kind of move until we know for sure if they're guilty or not? I'm going to put a minute to a minute 30 on the clock and JB can start now. Okay, that's deep. So, first and foremost, uh, the NCAA just is ridiculous. So, <laughs> anytime that there's things like this that come out, I feel like we always have to take them with a grain of salt. Uh, I know that Jim Harbaugh's personality, he has kind of a, he's his own man and kind of I do things how I do them. And that's not to say that he's a rule breaker or is going to purposefully do things wrong. But, you know, you know, and I were discussing this the other day, and I think realistically, if you look at every coach, you could find something wrong everywhere. Um, and I think that's probably exists across the board in pretty much any realm of uh, job or career out there. Like nobody's perfect. And the stringent ridiculousness of some of the rules the NCAA has I think this was based like something during COVID time where there's a certain amount of hours you could do this, do that. Yep. I don't know. You at the minute mark. And and the danger of the media is always there as it is with everything. And I could yeah. go further than just situations like this. What about situations where somebody's alleged to have harmed somebody else? Yeah. Um, and it's allegations. You know, that's the sad thing is how do you really, I don't have an answer for how you really can manage it because 
it depends upon the morals and integrity of the individuals that are reporting it. Ooh. You've got people out there that are just looking to get their name out there. Um, just want to get to pub and they're going to say whatever, you know, anything that comes in their ear and sometimes even fabricate to the detriment of the people they're reporting about. So there are certainly some trustworthy and integral people in the business, but I think it's probably few and far between. And that's the sad part. Um, so that's why not just in sports, but in general, in our culture, it's really hard to trust anything that's, you mean, that's reported. You mean there are selfish opportunists out there who are not <laughs> no, looking to put the no truth way. out into the world? They're not looking right. to put the truth out? Come on, y'all. Excellently said by JB right there. Great response. And um, Craziness. Yeah. So I'm kind of taking the whole Jim Harbaugh thing with a grain of salt until I know for sure. And even then, when I know for sure, it's like, OK, how in-depth of an investigation was done? How do we know that mm -hmm. he did? What, what a coincidence that this is coming out at the time that it's coming out. Oh, of course. Jim Harbaugh just had another one of his greatest seasons ever. It came out right we, after that. We know that they love to talk. We know they love to talk about Jim Harbaugh on ESPN almost as much as they love talking about the Cowboys. Just about, mm. you know. <laughs> it's because he doesn't say what people want him to expect him to say exactly. more often than not. Exactly. <clears throat> That's the reason, you know, same reason they pick on guys like Kyrie Irving. Um, <sighs> because they don't, uh, they don't follow the status quo of, you know, saying the quote-unquote right things all the time. You're having and, a lot of mic you know? drops here uh, late in this oh. podcast today. Oh, well. Hopefully, uh, can you hear me now? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, maybe that's a sign. We had a great show. We did. <laughs> you guys, uh, thank you for the continued support. Please, you know, maybe that's a sign that uh, we're talking about something where they don't want us talking about. Hmm. Anyway, uh, please continue to support, share if you think you know folks that might uh, enjoy. And uh, check us out on TikTok, YouTube, soon to be uh, Twitter. Maybe, maybe, maybe even yeah. Twitter. Maybe. Yep. Maybe. And uh, we appreciate it. You guys have a great week. We'll talk to y'all later. Let's go. Sports pedigree on deck. Who's batting? N-O N-J-B is what's happening. Coverage of the NBA, present and past. You probably want to listen to facts. We never mask. Alas, we don't hold back. Articulating them sneaky, important stats and trivia. Shows that the subject matter is well-rounded like a ball is. I see the referee. I'm wondering what the call is. Communicate the pick. I'm going top side. Illuminate that list. Give me my top five acknowledging who's great now your list may have a couple different names but really there's no debate wait the passion gotta be smooth on the lookout for sports dichotomy tools getting views sounds nice but the vision is deep because in knowing jb will never put you to sleep originality is the key we pick locks with open up no nose has been concocted the segments are personal too because a sports podcast without opinion surely no value <laughs> we gotta be great requesting no favors world cup you wait for tennis majors nfl trades and baseball pastime consistent on the mic we don't get no halftime <laughs>